Welcome to another episode of Angry Girl Music of the Indie Rock Persuasion. I'm your host, Amanda Starling, here to talk to you about all things intersectional feminism, DIY, and of course the music. I'm back and making some more episodes. Thank you for all of your patience while I took a few weeks off to recharge and reset. I've had a lot of life change happening in this time where I thought it would be more of a slowdown. I know 2020 is just going to continue to bring more challenges and opportunities for all of us, whether it's personally, politically, um, environmentally, there's just so much going on. But that's okay because having communities, even those who are spread out, even communities that aren't able to see each other physically right now, they're still really important and they keep us all strong and really ready for anything that life and living in this climate can really throw at us. I really hope you're all staying safe and healthy and connected. I count myself really lucky that I can continue to have different friends reach out and support and the feeling remains mutual. And this week's guests are actually just one really perfect example. Um, you all probably remember Lindsay and Mercy from Football Etc. Well, they're doing great, and actually I've been working on a new, brilliant, heavy project called Overo. They joined the band after chatting with other local musicians about playing heavier music, so Overo began. What's fantastic about this band is just how dynamic and energetic every aspect of their music can be, from their live recordings that they put together to their excitement to just challenge each other as musicians. Lindsay and Mercy joined this week to share what it's like working on their new project, the ways they're motivating each other as musicians and songwriters, the energy and playing together in a new band, and so much more. So with that, let's hear more of Arrow and then dig into the interview.
All right. Well, welcome back, Lindsay and Mercy, to Angry Girl Music of the Indie Rock Persuasion. So excited to catch up with you both. How are things going? Good. Um, you know, uh, all things considered in the coronavirus world. <laughs> yeah, yeah. We're, we're doing pretty good. It's good to, good to see you again. Yeah, it's great to see you both, too. I'm glad you both look like you've been staying healthy and doing well, so that's good. <laughs> That's so awesome. Uh, I'm so excited to be able to catch up with you both. It's been a couple of years since we previously talked, but um, now you're back here to talk about your new band, Overa, which is amazing. Um, how are you liking that project so far? You've been at it for like, I guess, almost two years now, right? Yeah, I, I am having a lot of fun. Um, it's, it's a bit different than football, et cetera, and a different dynamic, you know, working with another like primary songwriter and, and, lyricist on guitar and vocals and just overall I'm having a lot of fun with this project. Yeah, it's been really fun to kind of start all over again as a as a band, you know, you get so like into a groove with what you think about you should be doing, you know, over time football was around for over a decade. Mm -hmm. um, so just starting from zero playing like a first show again, putting out a first tape again. It's all really fun. I'll bet it's like starting completely fresh at that point because you kind of get to go through all this with new bandmates and um, with your totally different like style and approach and everything. It makes it, I'm sure, like almost like completely fresh new beginning then. Totally. Definitely. Oh, that's so awesome to hear. Um, what motivated y'all to start Overo exactly? Like how did that kind of start to come together? It, it kind of came together almost randomly. Um, so the drummer, John, we had known him for years within Houston because he um, was booking shows at some different clubs around town and he owned a record shop. So we knew John. Um, I don't think we had ever specifically said like, let's, let's start a project together. But he and Brendan had been speaking um, for a long while about getting started on collaborating in a band. And they had met, um, somewhere on the West Coast when some other bands were on tour and they, they connected. And Brendan actually was living in, I think, Maryland at the time. But when Brendan ended up coming uh, to Houston a few years back, I think John and him connected and said, let's start something. And then, gosh, how did it even come to us? But they didn't. So you know how people do this. They're like, let's start a band together. And so they had like, we had actually, I think we heard about it from both of them. Like, John telling us that he was going to start a band with Brendan. Brendan telling us he was going to start a band with John. And we were just like, do you want us to like help you do that? <laughs> Can we be in that Can band? Can we be in that band? <laughs> it just sounded like such a great idea at that point, yeah. huh? I mean, I, I love both of those guys. And um, yeah, we were kind of looking for something fresh. So it all worked out that way. Oh, that's so interesting. And like, it's neat because I'm sure all of you bring in different like interest when it comes to styles of music you enjoy and stuff and um it's i love that you've kind of approached this like heavier sound in particular it seems like just across the board um but i'm kind of curious how did you approach um this project differently from others that you've done i i think for me one of the biggest differences and i kind of mentioned this before but but brendan is the primary songwriter so he brings these songs that just take us on journeys where we're like what is that part like what what is this even yeah but they're like in different ways. like you know they're like at different they're in different time signatures or completely different beats per minute and they don't really like always necessarily make sense to us immediately mm -hmm. um it's a journey it's a journey and it's a fun fun journey so so for me the biggest difference to the approach is just that um, Br Brendan is really bringing the the root of the song to us, um, and I welcome that because because that's what I was doing in, in football, et cetera, for so long, and I think I was sort of like creatively tapped out in a way or feeling that way. Um, so being able to approach songwriting from a different perspective is really exciting for me because I'm able to try stuff that I I've never tried before. That's so awesome because sometimes when you have somebody else who's coming in with an idea, it's so much easier to like riff or kind of like play within somebody else's playground, if that makes sense, because it's like, 
you know, here are the rules of the game or here's, here's what we're going to play right now. And then it's like, Oh wait, I have an idea just because somebody else gave you something else to build off of. It's very much like that. Um, I'd say for all of us, you know, with the instrumentation and then, and then lyrically and vocally, it, it, we literally do that. One of us will present, you know, just a few lines of something and then the other one has to riff off of it. And then the back and forth, um, it's been an interesting creative process. I love that. That's actually one of the things I think that got me like hooked on listening to Vera. Like as soon as I listened to your music for the first time a couple months ago, I was like, oh, okay. Because it felt like there was just this more dynamic energy to it in a sense, because of the fact that I could tell there was this kind of like riffing and like almost like idea exchange. And yet they just fit together so perfectly. It's amazing how y'all are able to accomplish that. Yeah, I was, I was a little apprehensive at first, a little nervous about doing it, um, which, I mean, going way back to the beginning of Mercy and I playing music together with our first band, Tin Kitchen, I, I wasn't even the lead singer at first. We had this guy, Dave, singing. I was too scared. Mm. Um, and then, you know, with football, you know, you'll hear I, I sound very shy at the beginning of, of our, you know, some of our earlier work. And I, I felt the same with Overo. Like, I was like, I was like, ooh, like am I up for this? Like this music's a little like, <laughs> like, you know, a little more punk or something. And then, and then we get to a point where I'm like, you know, actually kind of yelling on a song and I'm like, okay, well, this is fun. It's, it's fun, but um, definitely growing into it still. I love that. And it's great. Cause you kind of have um, by playing something that's a bit punkier and a bit heavier and stuff, you're kind of being challenged to, write differently and think differently too whenever it comes to music. Um, how do you feel like you're kind of being challenged and growing with Overo specifically? Uh, I get, I am challenged literally every band practice. Yeah? How so? I, I can't, it, I, I've never learned how to play that fast naturally. Oh, that's exciting. Um, and so that's been a challenge. And yeah, also wrapping your, when you've been playing kind of emo indie rock for 10 years or more mm -hmm. um that's like all your brain and hands want to do and so to like listen to what other people were playing first and not just immediately come in with like the twinkly pretty thing has been a challenge but a really fun one because um, i feel like i'm finally like you know like learning again which is really exciting it sounds like you're almost like teaching yourself a new set of instincts in that way too in a, in a lot of ways, yeah, we're also playing technically like almost like different instruments for this band. Mm. Um, so in, in football, most of my songwriting was using some like weird tunings. I can't even really tell you what, what they are. Open something, I presume. So I, I wasn't accustomed to playing in standard tuning and I'm mm. playing in a more standard tuning in this band. So it really has been like re-learning uh, you know, chord shapes and stuff like that, that I haven't played for, you know, uh, 20 years, you know, since I was like a teenager. Um, and then Mercy's playing a different instrument as well than yeah. football. Yeah, I'm just playing the four string bass in this one, the six string bass seemed like overkill. <laughs> <laughs> That's so cool though, that you kind of get to just like play so differently in a sense for, for Mercy being a, a different face. And then for Lindsay, you've got this whole like different approach to playing at that point. Cause there is a difference between like open and standard. I'm not extremely well versed in it, but I do know that um, there are just completely different ways to approach to actually playing your instrument and stuff. So that's so neat that you're kind of um, opening yourself up to these new skills too. That's so cool. Yeah, in, in, in a lot of ways, like it's like learning everything all over again. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> like almost almost better in some ways. Um, I think uh, a lot of people when they're kind of in their first band are just like so nervous of making a mistake. I was for sure. And looking stupid and like, you know, feeling like you had to get things right. But we are just like all like stumbling along together and constantly just talking about how like, oh my God, this part's so hard. How can we make this heavier? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's sort of where the conversations are right now and, yeah. and where we're at with, with writing. But yeah. Yeah. It's nothing yeah. is like off limits and nothing yeah. is like too stupid of an idea. In fact, like the stupidest ideas are like the ones we have the most fun with. <laughs> 
That's so awesome. And it's got to be great to be in a space too, where everybody's kind of learning something different together too, because, you know, it's safe to be vulnerable, whether it's about how you're learning to literally play the music to like, you know, you, you do cover some heavier subject matters and stuff within your music. So it's like, it feels like a very good space for you just to be vulnerable in general. Totally. I feel, yeah, just like you described. I mean, I feel really like safe and comfortable with the guys and you know, we're all, yeah, I feel like we're all on like a similar journey with this. Like we've, we've all been playing music for a while and this is something a little different for all of us. That's awesome. Well, whenever I was talking back and forth with um, Mercy before, when we were like starting to book this episode and stuff, you did tell me that your sound was like going to be extremely different from what you were doing previously with football and everything. And I was excited by it because I love heavier music. So I'm kind of curious though, how do you describe Overo's sound? Like, I, I feel like just calling it heavy is too general and, you know, I don't want to throw it under any other category because it's impossible to do just on my end. Well, I think, and it, you know, it always depends on who you're talking to, who's like going to be a good point of reference. Mm-hmm. But, um, I usually use the band Yafet Kodo as a point of reference because that was like the first band that we all could kind of align around as a shared interest because we're all coming from very different places and um i think that kind of you know 90s 2000s evolution records type of stuff is what we get compared to a lot but mm-hmm. yafet kodo was like the actual point of reference for us in our sound yeah and for me it was actually at the time not a band that i had listened to before but I listened to it and I was like yes like this is awesome um I would (laughs) so a friend of ours from Denton uh in Texas um the first time that she saw us she said to me I think it was after we played um she said it's like football etc is lemonade and Overo is hard lemonade (laughs) really cute because I think that there are like a lot of um similarities in the songwriting and and a lot of things about like the ethos of the band Mm -hmm. but yeah coming from more of like a post hardcore is that what you call it yeah i don't even see i don't even i'm not very well versed in all of this which is (laughs) fun of it like you know, Brendan and John will go off on these conversations. Oh, God, they know about everything. everything. Genres, subgenres of subgenres. Um, but Lindsay and I are kind of coming from the same place that we always have, which is like somebody makes a riff and I write along with that riff. You know, <laughs> yeah. it's kind of like, uh, you know, it's a kind of more insular um, approach that we have tended to have, whereas those guys are like thinking about like, you know, it would be crazy. Like, what if we had like a metalcore part right here? And we're like, sure. Play me like what you think it should sound like and we'll do it. <laughs> yeah. That's so awesome. Because it's <laughs> like you kind of can take your own voice and like add it to what they're kind of like flavoring is that they're kind of flashing in that pan, if you will. <laughs> yeah. And I think, I think like um, I would like say like early on, I was like, well, it's like screamo. But like when I'm saying screamo, I'm talking like more like the Rainer Maria like demo tape screamo than what it's it's the same mess you get into talking about emo and and stuff like that mm-hmm. um, and trying to 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 pigeonhole genre because it's just like especially through time and the the evolution of it. So yeah, it's it's a tricky thing, but I'd say it's. Um, I'd say the songs are short enough that you can just give them a little quick spin, figure out for yourself. (laughs) (laughs) I'm here for that. Honestly, I'm always good for just like, just go listen to it. And also um, when people start to invent their own genres, basically just amalgamation of words that sound kind of like sounds kind of thing. Always down for that too. Um, Just because it's like... I feel like with this band in particular, this is definitely, I feel, parts of your identity as musicians. But at the same time, this is such a different approach that it's like, I don't, I I like that I can't assign it any particular, like even almost like sound, I'm I'm better off describing emotions than I am an actual like sound. And I think that's 
um, something that speaks a lot to what you are actually trying to convey and how it's coming through in the music, you know? That's so cool to me how you do that. And um, tell me about the songwriting process for your self-titled release. I know you mentioned that like Brendan comes in with a lot um, from the get-go, but I'm kind of curious about how your your first record kind of came together. Well, so Brendan, I guess I'll first I'll take it way back to the very beginning of the band where Brendan records three like phone demos on a like acoustic guitar. And it's like, okay, one's like the heavy one, one's the screamo one, and one's the emo <laughs> one. Yeah. Which one do you think we should sound like or whatever? Oh, and wow. We, we picked the heavy one <laughs> or the screamo one. I think we ended up right, like working on all of these songs, but we were like leaned into the like heavier side of this stuff first. And so that kind of like shaped, you know, our course. He was like, oh, okay, you'll do this. Let's go. Um, so he'll usually either he used to send us phone demos, he doesn't really do that anymore. He'll just kind of waltz in and say, here's part A, here's part B, here's part C. And, um, you know, he's not like, sometimes he might have an idea for what somebody else might do, but often not. And we'll just kind of work on it either one part at a time, or we'll all just try and stumble through the whole thing as best we can to come up with whatever parts we want to play. And then we'll just kind of refine it from there, adding vocals and stuff on at the very end. But we often will like take his, we, we do also apply a lot of changes along the way, I would say, pretty often. Yeah, I think that it, it changes once you add, you know, different elements to it. It evolves a bit, but yeah, really he brings that, that core of the song um, forward and we go from there, so. Um, what else can I say about that? Yeah, that's pretty good. Yeah. <laughs> I think it's awesome that you're kind of able to kind of just write these songs in ways that just build and stuff. And I feel like that's just something that uh, you're able to do, especially musically throughout your entire first record. That's something that I got really excited about was just the way that songs just kind of build into each other. Um, it's just fantastic to me. Um, I really love how lyrically dark this album feels, but it's also musically, it feels very invigorating in a sense of like, you're talking about really heavy stuff throughout this record. And yet I feel like the music itself kind of feels like adrenaline shots that I just get periodically throughout the entire release. And it's really exciting to listen to. And that's a really difficult accomplishment to get in music to where it feels like it's you can tackle something that's lyrically this heavy but at the same time you can feel so good while listening to it so I'm kind of curious how were you able to kind of accomplish that as a band because that's something that always blows my mind whenever I hear something like that in music because it's so rare yeah I so for me my approach like as I either start a kernel of lyrics or I'm I'm coming off of something that Brendan has started crafting, like, I feel like my lyrical content is actually very similar to what I did with football. I think that what you get with Overo is that Brendan is an incredibly talented writer and the imagery that he uses in his, um, in his writing and his lyrics is just, I, I think it's amazing. So to me, like the, the imagery and it taking me these places like really is impactful for me. And then what it often does is sparks like a very specific memory or something true to me that has happened that then, um, that then I write about. Um, and I think that we both kind of go back and forth with that. So then sometimes maybe I'll start with, I'm writing about, you know, something, something real or a memory or something that's happened. And then he, he pulls out something and, and draws this imagery around it. Um, and yeah, so I think that with writing about some of the same kind of tough or sad or heavy sort of um, topics, but, but <laughs> putting it over some more, um, you know, some faster 
louder music, you know. Um, yeah, I don't know what else to say about about that, but um, I, I love what you said about um, how it made you feel. I think that's really cool. Absolutely, because I feel like there's some darker moments within the music where it's like, um, you know, not to pry into detail too much here, but it's like there's definitely feelings of like loss and like change and struggling with things like that, right? But it's like, it almost feels like blood pumping juxtaposed with that almost musically to where it's like, it kind of powers you through the experiences that can be challenging and stuff. And I think that's something that is just really powerful to do musically juxtaposed with something that can be so heavy. And I like that you described how like you and Brenda in particular kind of like, you kind of weave each other's stories together. And it's like, you can get, if you look super hard, you could probably get these two side by side to each other within the song. But at the same time, they just, they, they, they weave together so perfectly. That's something cool that you've really accomplished. Yeah, I think some of the musical energy that's coming through is because we are all just like barely hanging in there. It may not seem that technically impressive to someone else, but like we are all really like pushing ourselves to our limits. And like, <laughs> honestly, every time we can like, even in practice, like successfully like play some of these songs, we're like, yeah, nailed it. <laughs> Maybe yeah. it's that enthusiasm that's coming through too, honestly. <laughs> yeah, and what you're hearing on the LP is like a, a live recording of us all playing in a room together, one take. Like, oh, those so, are live recordings too? Yeah. 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 Oh my gosh, that's got to be it then. Holy shit. Those are some of my I favorites. <laughs> I always get so excited whenever I end up finding that out about like a recording because I'm like, that's it. That's the energy. And that makes me like understand more so. I'm like, yep, that's it. I love that y'all did that because I feel like that's something that just makes this really so special. It's just, a, it's so energetic and that's, that's it right there. <laughs> yeah, we definitely prefer it. The, one of the things about the, you know, COVID time is we're not sure if we're actually going to be able to record live um, while that's going on, you know, all mm -hmm. being in the room with the engineer and all that stuff. Um, so I'm glad that we were able to at least do it for the LP and we'll have to see what happens for the next time. Yeah, well, I would love COVID to clear up for a number of reasons and that add that to the list of reasons for sure because I love what y'all are doing with your recordings, that's for sure. <laughs> um, I have a couple of songs I picked out to talk about because they just got me so stoked. I mean, from the drop of the record of course i was hooked but like constellations to me i feel like the pace of this song is just everything to me because i like that it starts quick and we get these kind of like slower interludes and i feel like it's almost y'all's indication to us as listeners are like here catch your breath before we launch into something heavy <laughs> <laughs> it's like so amazing it's just visceral the way that everything just slams together so perfectly can y'all talk about that song for me and what it was like working on that one so yeah so this one fades out from the one before and it has mm -hmm. that really cool like quick drum start with the the feedback and so I'm, good. Do <laughs> I'm doing something like a little different like my little like riff i'm like you know like plucking the strings instead of um strumming them with with the pick um i think that one of my favorite parts of the record is is the end of this song yeah um, one of the cooler things about how Brendan writes is that a lot of these songs have like an outro, you know, it's like just a completely different part at the end. Um, and uh, so this one is one of my favorite, just playing that little riff. And, and when we play it live, like I really like kind of <laughs> dance around to it. Um, but this one, I had a hard time coming up with like a, a vocal part. And that's mm -hmm. why I just have that kind of like ethereal, like, background like calling out but not really saying anything um this is one of the earlier ones yeah. in fact it, almost all of the record i feel like goes in order of, of when we wrote them almost yeah it might be it's pretty close to it if if not exactly in the order in which we wrote them okay. it's close to it that's just kind of how it all came together um so it was a little earlier on but yeah, this one is a really fun one. We were definitely playing this out a lot live, but then I guess on our, our most recent tour, it came off of the the, the set list, and now, now I want to play it again. <laughs> <laughs>
That one is just so much fun to listen to. I feel like between um, the vocal parts that you and Brendan have here are just so fantastic. I love the kind of poetic screaming that um, Brendan inflects at one point where I'm just kind of like, yes, (laughs) this is just fantastic the way it just kind of all comes together. And that plucking detail is just amazing. I loved it. (laughs) Um, Another one I really dug into because I – Maybe it's the time of year of me revisiting this song, but like Summer Wheat, it feels like such a shift within the record. And it reminds me of fall just because of like the almost the lyrical connotation here with like um, the whole concept of you change right before my eyes and stuff. I feel like it's very much something that is a beautiful metaphor, but also um, just the way that the music builds in this particular song. It just to me is like the epitome of fall feelings and stuff. Um, tell me a little bit about this song and the way that y'all even just structured it musically. Cause the way that one builds too, is just fantastic. Yeah. I remember this was um, one of the first ones where Brendan told us it was crust. Um, <laughs> I'm still not like, you know, totally knowledgeable about. Um, yeah. I remember putting this together and just thinking like, beginning part is like too long you know like before there's any no way keep it going before you really have it all together you're like what's going on with this like I think we should just get to the point here guys that's like my like mentality and then and I'm like how many more minutes can we play this part in the beginning (laughs) but it makes it so heavy when it comes in and then Mm. there's violence on this right yeah there's a cello cello on this this one yeah cello brings it up to the next level oh yeah totally um this, this is another one that, that's really fun to play live. Um, I'd say probably the one that most people knew mm-hmm. um, and were familiar with. And I mean, there's not that many lyrics to remember, so it's an easy one to sing along to. Yeah. <laughs> that makes it awesome. I feel like that one would be really fun to listen to live because I know for me, whenever you have those long building intros in that way, then just here it comes with the heavier aspect of it and stuff. That's sometimes the most fun to experience live because it's that anticipation of us as listeners, kind of like what Mercy was talking about there of like, is it coming? Is it coming kind of feeling? But you also like, I know for me, I was was also reveling in that opening too. So just every aspect of that song is just exciting. And it's nice to know that one's also a crowd favorite. (laughs) That's so awesome. Well, um, the other one that I really loved too was like Pine and Black Oak because in particular, the dueling vocals here just seem to really emphasize this like just emotion in general, but like the yearning juxtaposed is kind of like the heavier drum pattern and stuff. What about that one for y'all? Like, what do you remember from like the songwriting process or like that really just hits for you? I remember coming up with that that little that little lead that I play really, really repetitively and then having such a hard time singing over it and playing. Um, and, and it's a challenge. This one, after we play live, we are all like, Oh yeah. I'm like, yeah, we we have the drummer just shaking our hands out. Like, um, (laughs) but this, this is, this is probably like one of those quintessential, like Brendan with this beautiful imagery. Um, and for me, it literally is about like yearning and like wanting to go back to, to a place. Um, and uh, yeah, this one, it, it, I, it's one of the first times I, I start uh, projecting a little more with my voice, mm-hmm. um, like towards the end of the song. Um, so this is, this is like part of like my, like, you know, like, development in this band mm-hmm. like this song was one of those parts where I just I belted out a little more than usual and mm-hmm. I was like oh I can do that okay <laughs> um, that was fun similar so, thing on the rhythm section side I think like John and I were both like is this possible this may not may not be possible for us to like play this and record it and have it to sound really good uh-huh. really all of those hits like perfectly especially at the end where that like part is just slamming for so long um so yeah it was a very like um you know getting through this one I felt like really kind of helped solidify like what we were going to be able to do in this band and on this record that's so awesome and I like that it was a challenge for kind of each of you in that sense of like 
whether it was the rhythm pattern or with um, Lindsay kind of being pushed vocally in that way of like, let's try something different. And I feel like it works in so many ways. Um, I, it makes me excited to hear more songs that kind of challenge you in that way because you deliver for sure. Well, and I'll say we're in the middle of um, writing the next record and, and we are continuing to challenge ourselves. <laughs> yes, absolutely. <laughs> Uh, that's exciting. Uh, kind of thinking back on when you initially released this record, and maybe even you might feel this way now, what's something you really wanted listeners to get out of your debut album, your self-titled release? Um, I guess I hope that people feel like it sounds, you know, for me, like being in this band is like, kind of takes me back to being like, you know, 20 years old and starting like, the music thing all over again. And I hope that, um, you know, maybe not just for people my age, but especially for people my age, I hope that kind of like that feeling kind of comes through that kind of, you know, first couple of basement shows feeling is like a little mm -hmm. bit there, a little bit of that magic. It's kind of a tall order for a record, but <laughs> I'm out of it. <laughs> No, I love that. It definitely gave me that like burst of energy that I didn't realize how badly I needed in the middle of this pandemic. I'm not going to lie. I was like, oh, this is blood pumping. I like that. <laughs> you know, um, I'm sure it'll help awaken a lot of people with those like positive feelings in, in the sense of like, oh, yeah, this takes me back to that like good space of enjoying music at either in a basement or a show space and also just being able to kind of like process things, you know? Yeah, totally. That's awesome to me that this this record definitely accomplishes that. And then um, you just recently released two additional tracks, yeah. um, Haunted by Heat and Near the End with the Split with, um, and please correct me if I'm pronouncing their band name wrong. Is it Asthenia? How they pronounce your name? Awesome, okay. Uh, what was it like for you to put these songs together and collaborate with Asthenia? Yeah, it was, it was, um, it was in January that we got, I, I reached out to um, Hiroshi from Estenia and I was just like, how have we not crossed paths before? Now that might sound crazy because they're from Japan and we're from Houston, Texas, but um, I, I found their WordPress and I'm looking through, they had done UK tours, like with, I mean, playing like all the same venues with all the same bands that Football Etc. had played and one of our good pals uh, in this band called Human Hands had had toured in Japan with them. And I'm like, how did I not, how did this never, you know, come across my plate? So I immediately reached out to Hiroshi. I'm like, yo, your band rules. Um, my new band, you know, could maybe do something with you guys. Do you want to do a split? Do you want to do a tour or whatever? And, and he's just like, oh yeah, I saw you in football, et cetera. And you were in Japan. I love your band. I love Perfect Future. Um, absolutely. So they already had a few songs recorded um, and we got right into the studio. So, you know, this conversation started in January and then we were recorded with our friend Jay um, in, in February. And, you know, it pretty much takes that long to get it all recorded and mastered and sent out and produced and, and all of that. And so we have it in hand now, but the intention was to have it in hand for a tour in Japan. We were supposed to go to Japan um, over what would be my Thanksgiving holiday in mm -hmm. November. Um, but that quickly just was not going to be something that we were going to try to continue to, um, to do, but we already had set everything in motion with the, the physical release. So we were just like, let's, let's do this. Um, mm -hmm. So here we are, we've got it. And um yeah, I'm, I'm excited to, to have done that with them. And I hope that that tour comes to fruition someday. Yeah, for sure. Because it's a really awesome split. And it's great that you still have this physical release in spite of everything that's gone on this year. It's like, hey, at least y'all got to collaborate in this way. And that's really special. Yeah, and we were really um, lucky to have so many people come on board to support it. Um, there's eight labels. And um, so there's... Uh, Poon Donor Records is out of Spain, um, Count Your Lucky Stars, Middleman, and my label, Scully Records from the U.S., um, Strictly No Capital Letters from the U.K., 
Forge Records from Japan, Lilac Sky Records from Norway, and Polar Summer from Russia. So all of those, you know, labels came on board and got, you know, limited number of copies, but it wouldn't have happened if we didn't have like a big team of folks willing to to jump on board. Um, and that came through the collaboration between, you know, our band and Estenia and and who, who we've all worked with in the past. So it, yeah, it came together really nicely. That's really awesome that you were able to make that happen. And what an awesome, like, for lack of a better way to put it, like global connectivity going on there to make this release happen. I mean, just the variety of places that kind of reached out and support is so special. Um, whether it's the connections that you made or, or the ones that Asenia had and stuff, that's so cool to me. Um, have you been able to kind of like keep in touch or still support different artists, even though COVID's going on and stuff? Because I know y'all are a band that travels a lot and travels to so many incredible places and meet so many people. Have you been able to kind of like still kind of keep in touch and still be able to express support like across seas and stuff? Yeah, we still have a, we've still got a chat going with our pals <laughs> from, um, the UK punch on who we toured with last summer. Um, you know, we'll kind of shoot the shit in there. Um, you know, and we, I think Lindsay's probably has more conversations with folks, you know, mm. kind of touching base and checking in to see how yeah, people mostly, are doing. You know, casual messenger stuff. I know that Brendan has done a lot more like FaceTime conversations with folks that we, um, connected with on, on our UK tour and, and, um, and stuff like that. But, it's been weird because I think at the beginning, you know, there were a lot of these like live stream concerts and performances and acoustic and this, and, and I definitely watched them and supported my friends and stuff like that. And I feel like that's kind of like, I don't know if it's faded out. It's just, it's not, I don't know. I guess I'm not seeing it as much where there are these more bigger kind of produced mm-hmm. um, events happening which I'm totally down for, like uh, supporting the live music venues and, and things like that. I feel like it has really evolved so much though in six months from what from what it was. Oh yeah, <laughs> no, people have all figured out how to do this like and make it actually sound good, um, which is great. But yeah, I'm not really, I don't know. I hope we can uh, get a vaccine together because I'm not sure how much further you can take all of that. Right. Stuff. It's been yeah, a while. Locally, we've been able to support like um, a venue that also, you know, like has coffee. So we go and buy coffee from there and um, another like club, like we donated some money to so they could keep their doors open. So, you know, we're, we're doing a little bit locally as well, but um, yeah, it's, it's, it's scary because here we are six months in and I just don't understand where we're headed and and I feel like I'm not having the conversation with many musicians about mm-hmm. what this is going to look like coming out of this mm-hmm. um I do know that like I don't want to be like the first band to go hop up on stage and play a show as much as I want to be the first <laughs> band to hop up on stage and play a show because goddamn, I want to play a show you know like I just I, not rushing to do that but we are so deep in our writing process right now and and i don't think we would have been able to accomplish Mm -hmm. what we have in the past few months had it not been for what's going on right one more stretch (laughs) here but that also makes me wonder how many bands are going to have amazing albums coming out in about a year because they all got to like clear a little space somehow to to, to focus yeah. on, on writing. So a lot of um, tough things with it, but I guess something exciting to look forward to. That's the silver lining right there. Ultimately is like, you know, there are bands who are either figuring out how to do home recording or <laughs> that people are just writing and stuff. And that's like, I think kind of our glimmer of hope, if you will, is like there are people who are still creating and stuff and like no pressure to create during a really 
like stressful circumstance for everybody to be living in, but the people who are doing it, I have so much admiration for because it's hard. <laughs> it's hard to create. I, I took a break from podcasting for a month because I was like, okay, I need to slow down for a second. My brain hurts, but <laughs> it's, it's incredible what people are able to accomplish in this really strange time. And uh, all the support they're able to give to people who are struggling right now too, especially the venues and people who are like, you know, tour staff and all that, you know? Yeah. It's, it's, it's heartbreaking. Mm-hmm. Well, one of the things that's getting me through is your music. So thank you for continuing to write. That gives me something really huge to look forward to, honestly. <laughs> thank you so much for listening. And, and we're really excited to, to get more out there. Absolutely. Um, what's one thing you might want people to know about Avero that maybe they don't know already? Well, if you were, um, for instance, to put us up for the night, um, Brendan is allergic to cats and he's vegan and he's straight edge. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. <laughs> That's a good list to know. <laughs> I'm trying to rag on Brendan here. Uh, I was just trying to think of, you know, action, action items. <laughs> good to know if anybody listening is ever hosting y'all there while you're on tour in the future. <laughs> <laughs> well, I think it's important to know that this band is all comprised of like 30 plus year olds. So also if you're having us over, like, we're not going to party too hard. <laughs> uh, <laughs> we'll just feel it a little more in the morning. Yeah. <laughs> Mild partying at best, right? <laughs> Adult partying. <laughs> yes. No, that's awesome. I love hearing that kind of stuff too. Cause yeah, I think you, you just hit a point whether it's somebody who's just been involved in independent music or just maybe just adulthood in general, like, nah, I'll just be cozy. We're good. We don't have to, we don't have to slam beers and be crazy anymore. We can just chill. <laughs> yeah. I always say that like on the second day. <laughs> <laughs> day two. Okay. We can just, we'll, we'll chill now. <laughs> Conversation. I always forget that first day. <laughs> That's so awesome. Um, so I know that 2020 is a weird year. You're working on, um, already your second LP, which is super exciting. Is there anything else you're kind of working on as a band this year or any goals that you kind of have that y'all want to tackle together? Well, we did the, the music videos for the songs on the split. So that was mm-hmm. something we just did that, that, you know, Mercy was like, why don't we do music videos? And we did it in a really kind of a cool way. Um, so I hope people check those out, but like we, Brendan and I brought our cameras and John's partner uh, filmed some and I set up a tripod and so we we gathered the footage and then we sent the footage away to two different filmographers or videographers who went ahead and and edited the videos for us so that was also a very like pandemic style endeavor where you know they they edited it with you know one of them a, a completely different side of the country and another one who you know we were never in the same room together during the process um, but I would say the, the seven inch and then the videos and, and getting all of that um, was our big accomplishment of, of 2020. And then now we're just, we're really turning the corner on um, the final stages of, of writing. And um, that, that's really where my head's at right now. Yeah, I think something for the, the next LP that we've been thinking about is that because of you know the coronavirus times like we might be able to slow down that process just slightly um and then think about like oh we might want to have a little bit more like collaboration maybe have somebody come in and do like a guest vocal here or you know another instrument there um so we're still in the early early stages of having those kind of conversations of like where would these things even fit what we want um but that's something that i think is exciting that we might be able to do you know, without having to necessarily, like, since everybody's gotten so good at their little home recording setups, maybe (laughs) kind of send that over and it won't be as hard as like you might have imagined it to be in years past. So that's something I'm interested in exploring. That's awesome. And it's good because you'll have some time to possibly like, 
experiment with maybe extra things, auxiliary stuff, if you will, where it's like, oh yeah, what if we tried adding this here? Because you've had the time to kind of sit on it and think a little bit more and see where you can put in those extra bits of of something extra, you know? Exactly. Yeah. That's so good. I love it. Well, I'm excited for you for sure. Um, since y'all have been on the podcast before, even though it was football, et cetera, I'm going to give you a different question for our closing. Instead of it being our three bands, we're going to do instead, if you could write a song for your favorite like fictional character, who would it be? And it could be anything. It could be like comic book, TV, movie, book, whatever. <laughs> All right, I'm going to take the easy one. <laughs> I'm going to write a song with some sick bass for Dana Scully from the X-Files. Yes! <laughs> Dana Scully deserves all of the music. <laughs> well, then I'm going to go ahead and write a song for hot-ass Stella from The Fall. Oh! Who is also the same actress. <laughs> <laughs> who we are clearly a fan of Julian Anderson. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe we should just start a like Julian Anderson worship band. Yeah. Maybe yeah. we should do that. Yeah. In the style of the breeders. Yeah. Um calling all lesbian musicians. <laughs> you know? Oh my gosh, this brings me immense joy, honestly. Um Julian Anderson definitely deserves a worship band. <laughs> I I would pay all kinds of money to see that, honestly. <laughs> I will I will dig for all my pennies and quarters if I have to. We this, this has gotta happen at some point. <laughs> we planted a seed. <laughs> <laughs> this is awesome. Oh my gosh. Lindsay Mercy, this has been so much fun. I'm so glad we were able to catch up. Um where can everybody keep up with Overo on the internet and find all your stuff? You can stream everything um for free and then pay what you want on Bandcamp. So Overo. Um on Bandcamp, and then um, you'll see, you know, if, if there's any updates on any events happening or anything with the releases um, on Facebook, and then from time to time we post on Instagram. Um, but I'd say the Facebook and the Bandcamp are probably the more. We have a Twitter as well. There's a Twitter. There's a Twitter. Um, <laughs> well, these things are Overo, and if you first find a bunch of pictures of horses, you're in the wrong place. They're kind of Overo. So Avero TX on all of those platforms. <laughs> oh my gosh. Okay. Make sure there's no horses. Got it. <laughs> Thank you both. <laughs> Thank you so much.
You just heard Overo. Thank you so much to Mercy and Lindsay for hanging out and reconnecting with me over their perfect new band. It's really cool to have these friends that I made over the years doing the podcast, and we're here we are again, connecting and sharing new music and talking about how like these people have grown and changed in that time frame, and it's so exciting. Uh, be sure to stream and support Overo's music. There's just so much variety and meaning in the music and you're going to be blown away by all that this band is accomplishing. That's it for this week, but you can always keep up with Angry Girl Music at the Indie Rock Persuasion online. Find episodes, links, articles, and more at angrygirlmusic.com. Get in touch with me through email at angrygirlmusic at gmail.com or on Twitter and Instagram at at angrygirlmusic. If you're interested in being a guest on the pod, reach out and let's chat about what you're working on. Pledge your support for Angry Girl Music at the Indie Rock Persuasion on Patreon at patreon.com slash angrygirlmusic. Special thanks to our monthly patrons Molly O'Malley, Kendra Mamula, Carly Commando, John Kitsy Kitzmiller, Sam Zerwitz, Orla Tinsey, and Erica Fries. Thank you so much for listening. Till next time, stay angry and stay motivated. Um, this episode is going to be dedicated to my great-grandmother, um, Marcia Bolkotter, who just passed away recently. So, Grandma, this is for you. Um, thanks, everybody. Bye for now. Bye.